0: So we are excited to have you with us this Sunday. Um, A couple of things, one, I wanna tell you what's happening. And there are more folks here in in the sanctuary today than there were last week. And and next week, there are going to be more. We met last week uh, as a staff and and, and the leadership team. And and a lot of us met in person in Fellowship Hall. And there were others that were on the computer screen and zooming in because they couldn't be there. And, And so we're trying to decide how we're reopening the congregation, and many of you have asked us this question, and, and I jokingly said, and, and that's what I told him. I said, look, y'all can't give me a microphone all the time, because I'm going to write some checks, man, that we can't cash, you know? Um, I jokingly threw out there, it would be an all-mother Sunday, um, and only ladies in here, and um, all the moms shot me down, um, the moms on staff. Uh, some of you thought that was a great idea. Um, no father did, I will say that. No dad who has young kids thought that was a good idea. They're all like, it was the worst idea you ever, ever had. Um, but, but we do love the mothers. So everybody hug a mother right now, um, and and so what we decided to do was open it up to we, we expanded the reach uh, to the leadership team, and leaders of ministries, leaders of small groups, and just different areas, and and all their families, and said, hey, if you want to come, we're going to have a hundred spots open, and we sent out a sign up genius, and people could sign up to come, and we have pews marked off and we have pew cushions put away and hymnals and Bibles and, and things put away so that in between services, we go down where everybody sat and we wipe things down. So we are taking the appropriate measures that the governor laid out for churches to open, but we are doing so purposefully and growing into who all gets to come. And next week, it's going to be open to anybody, um, except if, if you are, well, no, there you go. I just got to look right now for somebody, no, it's not. Um, if you're sick, you're not welcome, okay? Um, that seems really harsh, but stay home uh, for yourself. If you're in the vulnerable population, um, and we all know what that is now, please stay home. Um, we really want you to stay home. I know some of you are like, we, I don't care. I'm, uh, I came in with fire and I may go out with fire, but I'm going. Um, and, and so we, we are gonna open it up to 100 people once again next week. Um, we'll, we will send a sign-up genius out. Uh, is that mañana that that goes out, Melissa? Tomorrow, um, sign-up genius goes out, and so it, when it fills up, it, it fills up, um, and and so we will expand that capacity as as the weeks move on. Next next week, you know, ho- hopefully the governor will release folks to 50% of capacity, which changes things in here. Um, still adhering to six feet social distancing, families, all those different things. So. It's a weird puzzle that we're trying to put all these pieces together in. But, and as I will tell you in just a second, being in this room is important. And so we are trying to do everything we can to open this room up for worship as quickly as we can. Um, So if you have questions about that, please call Troy. (laughs) Call call anybody, call the the church. We would love to call me. I will talk to you about it. and what we're doing and, and, and how the plans look as we, as we move forward. Um, so, last part of Choose Joy. Um, I'm excited about this one and I'm glad we have a few more people in here, but you people have got to get, I, I, everybody in the room right now stand up for a second. And I need you to start just start clapping, just start clapping. All right, sit down. Sit, sit back down, because this one, you have to, you got to be participatory in this one. This one is the last one of Choose Joy. And what we've been doing over the past three weeks is we've been talking about what it means to actually choose joy, right? Joy is, is, is something that we all want, but it's, it's not based on our circumstances. It's, it's something that's like, it's just deep inside of us. And it's something that Jesus says, I want you to have this. I want you to have this life to its fullness, to have this joy inside of you. And, and so what we've been doing is we've been talking about these choices that we have to make. And, and the first choice we said is to pray first, right? The first thing you gotta do is pray. You have to pray about what's happening in your life. You have to pray about, um, are you gonna send that email or are you not gonna send that email? You pray first, get into that spirit where you're moving closer and closer towards God. And the second thing was we, we said, we put to death our, our sinful nature. And that's kind of a scary thing, especially for kids sometimes. But what it says is we all have kind of these tendencies and and minor sarcasm and negativity. And we actually had to have a talk with somebody who, who looks a whole lot like me and acts a whole lot like me this week. Hey buddy, remember when daddy talked about this? Stop being so negative, man. You're bringing the whole house down. Nobody likes you when you're like this. And you know, choose joy, choose to put that stuff to death and choose to walk on the optimistic side of things. Um, and then the third thing we talked about last week is we were kind of built for this. Like our purpose is to be joyful. We're, we're built to to have that kind of, that sense of joy flow through us. And, and so today we get to what, what we're calling the sacrificial choice. It's that, it's that last choice that you got to make, and it's a, it's a choice, a sacrifice. But all these choices, 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about it. He goes, man, I, I was, I was sor- sorrowful, yet I was rejoicing. He said, we, we were poor, yet, man, I was making others... I, I had nothing, yet I had everything because it was all about choices for him. He was choosing in the moment of his greatest despair, something better. And so we can take a, a lead from that and, and we can choose joy. The book of Isaiah says this, and we started off on our first Sunday with this, Isaiah uh, chapter 61. And it says this, to give them, this is one of the messianic prophecies, he says, to give them the oil of joy for mourning. This oil of joy, even though there's mourning, I wanna put an oil of joy on you, so that even in the darkest, saddest moments, you may be lifted into that state of joy. He says, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I love what Miss Natalie did, and, and she didn't know where I was going with this. I kind of gave her a brief, very brief outline and, and it was not nearly enough information for what she wanted um, to say where I was going today. But she just did what I, what we're talking about is, it says, put on a garment of praise. And the word garment is clothing, right? You, you have to put it on. Like if we're all walking around like George Ross, we don't need garments. He's in the room right now. And I just keep pointing at it because he's had naked COVID, which I just respect. He's, he's clothed right now. but. Um, we have to go into the closet, you put it, you feel it, right? And you put it on, you physically, and that's what this, this picture is. It's like, you gotta take that clothing, you gotta take that praise and put it on. It is a choice to get dressed in the morning. It is a choice to put on this garment of praise. But see, praise, what is, what is praise really? Because praise in, see, we talk about praise and worship. And praise and worship are two different things. And we get these confused a lot of times, but but they're different. Psalm 95 says, says this, and it's really good. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praise to him for the Lord is a great God. And then it goes on to say, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over the flock under his care. See, the difference in praise and worship is, is praise is an outward expression. Worship is inward. Like we, we worship well. Like we know how to worship, especially the frozen chosen, right? We're like, oh yeah. Oh, this song's my jam. I love it. Right, that's what y'all do, I know it. I see you doing it. I just watched it happen up in here. Nobody, Ain't none of y'all stand up for those hymns. Even though, the pa, even though nobody said, please stand and join us in this hymn, y'all didn't stand, train monkeys, right? Like stand up, sit down. You know, you just gotta do what we tell you to do. Sometimes praise is when it just comes out of you. And it's this outward expression. Worship is this inward thing. It, it, it's totally different. We're good at worship. We're good at looking at those emotional things and taking it in and, and, and seeing all that stuff about who God is. But praise is, praise is something where we talk about what God has done. Praise, it says 95, you walk in with loud shouts of thanksgiving and praise for all that God has done. Praise is, praise is horizontal. Worship is vertical. What I mean by that is praise. I need you to help me praise. You need me. We need to, when we walk in the room together, praise is a community effort. Praise is when you come in and, and there's this song that, that comes out of, I, I think Church of the Highlands guys wrote it, who is like our God. Isn't that Church of the Highlands, Connor? Who is like our God, strong and mighty. Who is like our God. Like you walk in and I know some days you walk in, thank you, Melissa Benson. So some days you walk into a room And you walk into church and you're like, man, I just had the worst day. I just yelled at my children all the way. You behave yourself when you get into church. You be quiet because we're going into church. No, that is not what it's supposed to be. But you're yelling at your family. You're yelling at your wife, even though it's Mother's Day. Even you at home right now, some of you have already disappointed your wives, right? Because you didn't have breakfast made for her. And let me tell you something, you're not their mother. Um, just call, call your mom, right? I know, that ne- that never flies. It doesn't fly in my house. Like, you're not my mom. Why should I do something for you? Oh, really? I know, never works at home either. Uh, and, and, so, and so it's just that you don't feel like coming in to praise, but praise is this choice. You put on that garment of praise, and sometimes you walk in, and the dude next to you is like, who is like our God? Come on, who, do you know what I'm talking about? Who is like our God? And, and eventually you're sitting there going, is like our God, you're right. I mean, it's amazing the things they have done. Praise is this thing where you just gotta explode into stuff. Worship is the stuff that you, you bring back in. Man, we're, we're, we're good at worship. We're not always good at praise. And, and praise means this horizontal structure means you gotta be in here to do it. Like you, you have to, and that, that's why it's so important for me. And I talked about this at our staff meeting the other day. It's so important for me to have this room open because I am so blessed by, we are so blessed by the technology that we kind of created and threw together in our live streaming that people can watch from wherever they are. We still have people overseas that are watching us and and all that great stuff. That is wonderful and amazing, but it's not the same as being in the room together right? It's not the same as as coming together as the brothers and sisters of God and having that person next to you just going all out for it. And you're looking at them like, what did they eat this morning? You have to be in the room. If you can get in the room, you got to be in the room. And that's why I'm kind of opening this up as quickly as we can, being proactive and kind of following all those things. But when we come together to praise, now worship, you can go off by yourself and worship. You can go inward and and you can look up to God and you, and you can worship God, but praise is high-fiving and chest bumps. Praise is different, but we gotta do them both. Praise and worship. There's three things, praise, praise focuses on God, not me. Pra, pra, praise is, it's not about you. We live in a world that is just pointed back at a very narcissistic world, right? It's all about you. It's all about how you can achieve this and how you can achieve that. It's me, 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 me. But praise is is not about you; it's about God. Psalm fifty says this: "Those who sacrifice thank off, thank offerings, honor me," he says. Those who those who come in and give praise, they're honoring me. It takes our eyes off of ourselves and points us towards Him. Praise reminds us of the eternal, not the temporal. It, it, it reminds us of of claims that aren't yet true, right? Praise we step into this optimistic thing. We're claiming stuff that hasn't happened yet. We go out there and we start singing songs about about stuff that's gonna happen in victory in Jesus and all of this stuff. And And the final victory hasn't happened yet. We're claiming that it will. It takes us out of this, what's happening right now in our humdrum lives. And I gotta tell you, if there's any time of my life that I need to not focus on the here and now, but focus on the what is to come, it's right now. Can I get an amen from the people sitting in home and COVID people, right? I mean, it is just, can we get beyond this? Can we, Jen and I had another date night last, not last night. That's right, two in a row, baby, two weeks in a row. Come on, daddy's doing it right. You know, and, and we go out and, and we saw another couple and it was their first time out and they were like, all I wanted for Mother's Day was just this one gift. And then we'll go back and we're like, why? Now that we're out, come on. You know, I mean, this is great. Uh, you know, we need to focus on what's to come, not what is here and now. Paul says it this way in Second Corinthians. He goes, hey, we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but we are not destroyed for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We look beyond the realities of right now. We hold on to the promises of tomorrow. Praise is outward, it's not inward. Worship is inward, as we said, it's outward. Hebrews 13 says this, through through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess the name. See, what what the writer of Hebrews is saying right here is, man, sometimes, and for some of you, some of you, this is going to be more true than others to openly sing and to openly profess and to openly to have your lips shouting his name is going to be a sacrifice to you because it's not natural. Well, it's not natural for you in the house of the Lord. It might be natural for you other places, but a lot of us have grown up and been taught that when we come in here, we operate differently. When we come in here, everything changes. And we haven't been given permission. See, see what, what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say is, you gotta make a choice to enter into this place. You gotta make a choice to praise. The sacrifice means you're doing something that you wouldn't normally do, right? It means I, I gotta step out of my comfort zone and step into to a place that maybe I don't want to go, but I do go and there's, There's a reason for that. And so we choose to praise. We have this outward sign. Um, Worship is inward, praise is outward. So we need to take steps towards that. Look, I I have to tell you, um, I am not the most boisterous of praisers bodily, but I am vocally. Um, and, And people, Natalie Jones of the last two Sundays has been able to witness that because she sits in front of me um, as I have, I, I've come accustomed, as you all have been gone um, to standing over by the organ during the worship time, both services. And what I do, I bang on the organ a lot, um, like for the drums, cause I fancy myself a percussionist, um, it, it, you know, and no percussionist does, uh, <laughs> sees it the same way, but I like, yeah, I got this. And um, and, and I, I, I dance around a little bit and I move around, and but I haven't, I'm not I'm not a hand raiser like this. I gotta tell you, I went to this um, I went to this conference once and these people made me so nervous. So I walk into this room and it was a, a church out in California, which should tell you all you need to know right there, right? And and I go and I go into this room and it was a leadership conference, but they open with worship and, and if you know praise and worship set, and, and I walk in and they have a bowl right before you get inside their worship center with earplugs. No lie. You're walking in, they're like, "Would you like some earplugs?" And I'm like, "Why do I need earplugs?" Like I'm going in to get my praise on and everything. I know why, um, because it was so loud in there. And they're like, "Some you just need to put them in, and uh, you'll still be fine, uh, but we don't want to injure your ears." And and so it was just it was so loud in there. And we walk in, and a lot of the songs that we do came from this church, and and they they write amazing stuff and, and great and great worship and. Um, But but I went in and I was warned by somebody who had been there before. When you get in there, be aware that people are going to worship different than you have ever experienced before. Like people, they get the praise on a little differently out there. And and they put that garment on a little, it looks different than yours does. And so so we walk in and I'm kind of pumped and excited to experience it. Some of the things that, that he said I was going to witness. And I was also a little nervous. And, and so I walk in, and there's somebody like this, just flat out, just like that, singing their song, Jesus, oh, and, and, I, and I was told, when you experience someone like that, this is what you do. You step over them and you keep walking to wherever you're going, like this is no lie. And so we walk in and, and I'm like, oh, I need to see some." There, right there, bam, there it is. Right when you walk in like, oh yeah, that is so weird. And I just walk around going, that guy, wow. And then you look and people are hands up and, and different. This one guy was doing this the entire time, just just hopping, just hopping the entire time. That guy had more energy than anybody. I mean, I couldn't, the entire time, dude was six foot six, something like that, sitting in the center of the congregation, just, just jumping up and down the entire time. I'm like, man. And I have to tell you, I looked at him and I looked at the people on the floor. I thought they were crazy. But I looked at the guy jumping and I said, why don't I jump like that? I said, why, why, don't I, why, don't I, why can't I get to a place where I can lose it for Jesus like this young kid is? And so what, because my worship experience generally was like this, left hand in pocket, sitting on my right heel. Now, when I get a little crazy, I start, (laughs) right? Start singing a little bit, start going a little bit. And then if you've ever seen me up at the front, you'll know that I've taken on the sway. Oh yeah. (laughs) I learned this from my my buddies in the African churches, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, who is like the Lord? Strong and mighty. Yeah, you do that. I don't usually snap because that's, that's a bridge too far. Um, <clears throat> but then you, you all know this and, and you see me and i talked about this once before. This is I, I stole this from another pastor. Sometimes when you like, sometimes I will get to a place. I remember the first time I raised my hands in a worship service was at Willow Creek. We went up to Willow Creek. I think Pastor Troy was with me actually, this is decades ago. And um, and they were singing um, Shout to the Lord. And it was just like this huge song. and. Shout to the Lord. I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna raise my hands. I'm gonna raise my hands. I'm looking around. There's people everywhere just doing this. Oh, shout to the Lord, right? You know, I, I don't think anybody was laying on the ground back then, but people just shouting to the Lord like this. And, and I have, I, I, my hands are down and I'm looking at the people that I'm with, a bunch of the frozen chosen, right? And, and we're all kind of like this going, this is so uncomfortable, but shout to the Lord. And, and I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna raise my hands. I'm gonna raise my hands. And I went like this shout to the Lord, and I put him down and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a charismatic now, right? And just felt it. And, and, and so over the years I have, I've gone from, you know, rock the baby, oh yeah, shout to the Lord, all oh, the earth, you know, you get rock the baby right there, people do that, touchdown Jesus, every now and then. Very rarely do I get touchdown Jesus. I'm really more of a one touchdown Jesus kind of guy. And, and you'll see me when I stand up here, you'll see a lot, sometimes I'll put my hand up, the t- time I put both hands up is when the song says, we lift our hands. When the song says something about raising your hands, raise your hands, right? It's literally in the directions um, to do that. But we all have the, we come from these places that it's just like weird. And, and I know you nine o'clock folks are like, well, I could never raise my hand to standing on the promises of God. Why not? Dude, there's, you're, you're talking about standing on the promises that God has for you. How amazing is that, right? But we come at it a lot of times where we wanna worship that. But see, God says, no, no, no it's a, put on that garment of praise. You walk into this place and you bring it, and then we'll turn it down. We come hard and then we, and then we get introspective and we find a place and a moment where God can reach into us. And then we should leave. You know, you enter into my courts with praise and thanksgiving, he says, and you come in and just let it go. now. Some of you are just like sweating right now because of what I'm talking about. Some of you can't believe that the pastor just laid down on the altar area. You're like, we're gonna have to clean the carpets now. You know? <laughs> Can't believe that just happened. <laughs> and it's a good thing we don't have a wedding next weekend type deal. And, and what, uh, you, what I'm asking is for you, for you to take a step, for you to take a, te- take a step in putting on that garment of praise. Right, step out, at, it's a sacrifice people. Right? It's not something that you're gonna be comfortable doing. It's something that you just take a little step. And maybe your first step is that your foot gets a little bit of praise. Right? Maybe your first step is that your foot finds Jesus. And just all of a sudden you start tapping that foot. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of Christ our Lord. I don't even know those are the words, but that's the next song. <laughs> I know that song's coming, so it's in my head, you know? So you just, your foot finds a little bit of praise. All right? And maybe that's your first step. And maybe the people next to you, your family members look at you like, oh great, holy roller right next to me all of a sudden, but it's a sacrifice and it's a baby step where you take these little steps into where God wants you to be. How do I know God wants you to be there? Well, funny, I'm glad you asked the question because praise is pretty important to God. In fact, the biggest book of the Bible is what? Psalms, 150 chapters. Do you know what Psalms is all about? Praising God, right? It's a whole bunch of songs about praising God. There are seven different Hebrew words because Hebrew has a whole lot more words than we have because they're a very pictorial language and we're very to the point. Seven different words used in the book of Psalms to describe praise. We get one word, praise, but there's actually seven different ones. And so I was having way too much fun with that and now I have to speed up. Um, So there are seven Seven different things. And and one of the things, I love this scripture in Luke. You can put it up there, Connor. Um, Luke chapter uh, 19. It says, when Jesus is coming in to Jerusalem, right? They're they're coming into Jerusalem and and everything's about to go down. and, And people just start enthusiastically praising, it says in the message. They just start waving their palm branches. Woo, here he comes, Hosanna in the highest. This was uncharacteristic of things that they would do. And here he comes in and they're shouting, and you know what the religious leaders do? And this is gonna happen to some of you when you take your step. People are gonna look at you. and are think you're crazy. And the Pharisees say, oh, how dare they? How dare they lose themselves in this kind of prayer thing and this praise thing? Jesus knows obviously what they're thinking. And he says, hey man, even if they don't praise like this, the rocks will cry out and praise. We are called to be a people who praise Jesus, not all the time. So don't think that we have to run up and down the the pews all the time because there's worship moments there too, but we shouldn't be afraid to praise. And so the seven words, the the seven different things. Uh, The first one is this, Hallel. Those of you in the room say Hallel. Wow, say it again, Hallel. There you go, you gotta say it like a Hebrew, like Hallel. and Hallel means, and this is the, the word hallelujah. It's where we get hallelujah, right? Yah is God, Hallel is halal is praise. Hala, um and, and the word Hallel uh, to means this, to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be calamorously foolish, right? That's what that Hebrew, when you hear the word Hallel means, it means just to, just to get out there and go nuts. It is like when you go to an SEC or big 12 football game right? People have got their hallel's on. You show up four hours early and start you cooking that meat and you got your face paint on and your colors on and your kids are dressed in, in little cheerleader outfits and all that stuff. And you're excited. You go into the game and you don't go in like this. I'm so excited to see what we're going to do against the opponent today. I concur. This should be fun. No, you're like going, yeah, here we go. You go into there and you're just losing your mind foolishly about it, right? And when the game's over, you go out and especially if you win, you're like, yes, this was amazing. And you're talking about it to your friends on Sunday and on Monday and on Tuesday and nobody cares, but you're still in the moment. This is Hallel, the, the word where it's used, um, one of the places, Psalm 35, I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all people. I will praise you before all people. I will lose my head in front of everyone. My faith isn't just between me and you. My faith is to be out for everyone to see. How many people know where you went to college? How many people know that you love Jesus? How often do you Do you portray the pride you have in whatever tiny little Aggie school you went to? It's about all we have in here Aggies right now. So I got to hit (laughs) y'all. And and how much do you have this presence? And when people walk around you, they know that you're a Jesus freak and you hallel you some Jesus, right? Second word is this, yada. say yada. It means to acknowledge in public. God God isn't just about, being in your heart, right? God is, and, and this was, I heard uh, Pastor Chris, uh, uh, this guy I follow um, do this kind of um, analogy. He said, "Say ha- having God just in your heart is like when you leave for work in the morning and you um, take your wedding ring off, and you're like, hey, honey, I love you, have a great day. And you take the ring off and then you go out into the world and you live your life and you do all the things that you're supposed to do in your life and, and then you come back and. And you pick up your wedding ring and say, I'm back home. Love you, honey. Because you don't want anybody to know that you're married when you go outside the house. How, how's that going to work for you? Right? That's the same thing that we a lot of times we do with God. As we walk out and, and we, we, we talk about God in here, but then we put God deep in our heart. Yeah, God's in your heart, but God isn't supposed to stay in your heart. It says, yada is to acknowledge God in public. It says, Psalm 138. I will yada you, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will acknowledge you to the public, to everybody I meet with everything that I am. Third one is this, barach, say barach. Spit on the person in front of you, right? Barach, don't do that. That's against the government rules right now. Um, And barach means to bless by kneeling or bowing. It's to bless by kneeling or bowing. And it, and it doesn't mean like a, necessarily a physical, it could be a physical kneel or bow, but it, it really means to present. It means like, God, I am presenting myself to you. I, I am saying, I'm gonna worship you by just opening myself up and saying, here I am. Here I am, Lord. And, and the Psalm says, Psalm 103, one, praise the Lord, Barach the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. And verse two goes on to say, because of all of the benefits, because when you, pray, when you bow down like this, you're expecting the blessing to come. And God calls us to praise Him this way. The fourth one is Zamar, say Zamar. Okay, y'all are starting to drop on me now, say Zamar. Man, Bam, there you go. It, it means making music making music to God specifically with strings with uh, and I know some of y'all no, no, that meant an organ. Zamar means to to make music to God just by an organ. Um, No, it's actually talking about stringed instruments and stringed instruments, uh, you know, guitar, lyre, things like that. Psalm 92, it is good to Zamar to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O most high. It is good to come in and to have these instruments and to sing these songs. And when you walk in, you have this, just a spirit of just, woo, just going on. Psalm 150, the very last Psalm says this, we'll praise him with tambourines, with dancing, with stringed instruments, with the clash of cymbals. Think about that. Some of y'all, that makes you very nervous, doesn't it? When we start talking about, we're gonna pray, this is the last Psalm. This is the last one where God's like, okay, I wanna, tell you one last thing about praise. And this is what I want. I want you to disarm me, bring all the musical instruments in. You clash those cymbals, you play those tambourines and you dance. Some of us need to get a little air underneath our feet when we come into the house of the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Because what we do when we, when we come in, I will promise you this. If you, if you make this sacrificial choice and you begin to make these steps, you will change. Who you were when you walked into this room will change because of your sacrifice of praise and worship. When you walk out, you will be different. When you get a little air under your feet, when you put aside your fear of what everyone else is gonna say, you find a little bit more joy. You fifth one is Shabbat. And I'm gonna really speed up now. To address in a loud tone, to shout. Um, This is Psalm 63. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will shabak you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands, right? I will shout to you. This is, it, look, my, we were at the river this past week and um, my parents came and it was awesome. It was so exciting. You know, my, my parents finally, they're like, hey, you know, we just wanna come down. And we're, we're like, great. Don't come down if you think it's gonna help us. Only come down if it will give you a break and if you're okay and all this stuff. And we know all this stuff. They're like, yes, we actually, we really wanna come and see y'all. And, and so they came down to the river. And, and so this was Jenna's idea. And, and I reached out to my brother and my sister and I was like, hey, mom and dad are gonna be at the river. Why don't y'all come and surprise mom for mother's day? How awesome would it be? She hasn't seen any of us, um, neither has dad. And, um, and, so, and so we all ended up being together. Um, and my brother and his wife were, were the ones who were standing over here from the crowd. And the rest of us were like, ah! doing this kind of stuff. It was really funny. Um, They're like, well, we're out in the public all the time. Oh, you're so important. Um, And, but, but when we saw one another, it wasn't a, hey, mom and dad, how you doing? You know, Grace, who is the barometer, who, who does not have a filter for praise, right? She's all out there. Um, She, when, when she saw Mimi and Papa, which is what she calls them, car coming, she didn't go, mommy, Mimi, Papa. No, right? She did not, what she did was she she shabbat. She went, ah, opened the door and ran down the stairs, right? I mean, it's like, Woo! And that's what this word means. It doesn't mean like, oh, I'm so glad that Mimi and Papa have arrived. No, it's to lose your voice and shouting out loudly. Uh, The sixth one Oh, Sorry, uh, Psalm 63 is Shabbat. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will Shabbat you as long as I live. Uh, and in your name, I will, oh, I already said that, lift up your hands. Uh, number six, Todah. Everybody say Todah. That's the one y'all don't like. This means to lift hands in adoration. This is where we get the lifting of the hands, Psalm 50. He who offers Todah glorifies me. God likes it. God likes it when we give him touchdown signs. God likes it when we raise our hands to him. He glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation to write, will I show the salvation of God? The seventh one is tequila. Say tequila, tequila. Not tequila. It's tequila. <laughs> However, both of them bring the same thing. Exuberant singing. <laughs> It is exuberant singing. The, the, the Psalm 34 says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His tequila will always be on my lips. His tequila will always be on my lips, right? It is, it is this place that we walk in in this exuberant singing. And this is the one that I nail all the time, man. I don't always get the, the todah right. I, I, I get Shabbat pretty well. You know, there's a couple of these that I get that I nail. The todah is a hard one for me. But, but this one, tequila, Man, I shout and the music team always doesn't like it because they hear me and sometimes I'm not singing on key, but I'm gonna bring it for Jesus, right? I am going to Tehillah for him. God, God, God likes this. God likes when we lose ourselves for him. You can see he wrote the biggest book about praise. The most important instructions he, he leaves in there for us to follow these things, to step out of our comfort zone and to choose joy. Because when you do this, when you find yourself in that place and you begin to step out of your comfort zone and you begin to leave that place of insecurity and you're just, you're living in the land of worship, but you decide that I'm going to step into the land of praise. When you find that place, when you step into that place, you will find joy. Look. Look, there are very little things that we can control in this world. I tell people this all the time. You cannot control their actions. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your children. You you, you can't control um, your your relationships out, any other relationships, right? You can't control the government. Can't control the weather. You can't control COVID-19. What you can control is how you react to these things. What you can control is what you choose. And look, I I gotta tell you, if you step into this place where you're you're praying first and and you're putting down all that sinful nature, all those things that that turn you away from from God's path and you you realize that you were made to party and you step out of your comfort zone and you make that sacrificial choice to to really lean into a different kind of experience with God. If you choose joy, I got to tell you, look, try it. Try these four things. Try these four things this summer. Come on, this summer, we've already had a summer, second summer. Try, Try these four things as we go into this, this next extended period of time. Try these four things for this next year. And let's come back, let's meet right here, right again next year. And you tell me that your life isn't happier. You tell me that you don't have more joy in your life. You tell me that you don't experience more of the presence of God in your life. Because when we step into this way of life, he meets us and he gives us all that we need. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for the way that you move in our life. Thank you so much, Lord, that you're you are a God who loves us and cares for us and, and gave his life so that we might have ours. I pray, Father, that you would give us the strength and the courage to maybe take just a baby step outside of ourselves. Maybe it's a giant leap, but to step into places that we've never never gone before, to begin every day with prayer, to to put to death every day our sinful nature, those things that that pull us away from your will. We understand every day, God, that we were meant for this. And Father, let us every day put on that garment of praise and walk through this world shouting your name. And when we do that, God, meet us there and bring us that joy. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.